let's do it. Hi. Hello. Guess what? What What now? Guest again today. <gasps> Another guest. Yep. What do we got? We are welcoming our friend Ashley. Hi, Saying Ashley. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Don't be nervous. It's fine. I'm a bit nervous. It's okay. <laughs> we are going to talk about psychics, mediums, supernatural stuff today. Ghosty shit, guys. Let's talk about some ghosty shit. Yeah. Ashley is a psychic medium. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I'm get my, my Ashley has some her. experience with psychic mediums, which we will delve into later. Um, but I do want to say that we are absolutely amateurs when it comes to this subject. We um, have zero real knowledge, just our own Unless, experience. are you an expert on this, Ashley? Yeah. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Fair. Okay. We have done some research. We've had some personal experiences, but... Uh, this is such a deep historical subject, really, that there's no way that we could touch on everything in one podcast episode. So we just want to get that out there right now. Yes. Yeah. It's a, and it's a disclaimer. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. yes. Uh, this is so don't sue us because we've given you our disclaimer. Ash is a lawyer. Ashley's a lawyer. So it's fine. We got a lot of information um, for this episode from a few different articles uh, that we wanted to sh- just shout out in the beginning here. Maybe um, we should give them a heads up about this new approach, though. Yes, rather than awkwardly try to cite something in the middle of an episode while we're talking, we thought we'd just give a little list at the beginning. You guys can go find these articles and read them yourselves. It's a great idea. Get some more information. Because in real life, when we're talking, we don't stop and say, well, you know, Michelle, there's an article (laughs) I read in Smithsonian Magazine. Speaking of which... We got a lot of information uh, for this episode from an article by Linda Rodriguez McRobbie from Smithsonian Magazine, article by Christopher McFadden from interestingengineering.com, an article by Lisa Held from the New York Times, um, Yola Robert wrote a good one from Forbes, and good old Wikipedia, lots of entries on Wikipedia that we referenced for and this. And yes, we know that Wikipedia is not 100% accurate all the time. But it knows a hell of a lot more than I do. It's good for summaries. Yeah. Yeah. I think since we're talking about psychics and mediums, we should explain the difference between a psychic and medium. Because did you know there's a difference? I did not. Well, I knew there was a difference. Ashley, did you know there was a difference? No. But no. what I did not know is that all mediums are psychics. And so... It's basically like some next level shit. All okay. squares are rectangles. Say but that. not all rectangles are squares. <laughs> One more time for the audience. So, so there's psychics. And so a psychic is they like tune into someone's energy or, you know, like they'll ask you for an object and tune into the energy of that object. And they use that connection to sort of sense elements of the past or present or future And so they basically heavily rely on their intuition and their psychic ability to gather information about you or the object you're presenting. A medium can do all of that as well. So a medium is a psychic. But in addition to that, they can connect with people that are on the other side. They can act as a clairvoyant and actually see the person or the spirit that's coming through to speak to you. They sort of are a liaison. They deliver messages back and forth. They often refer to them as spiritual guides, the departed, I guess, Mm -hmm. ghosts, some people call them. So that is the difference. Hmm. Yeah, I did not know that. I just sort of thought they were all people who could talk to ghosts. 
And, you know, historically, they're not always called psychics or mediums in different cultures. Um, it might be like a shaman or um, a Native American medicine man, or there's all different kinds of names in different cultures. Um, mm-hmm. So we're just using psychic and medium because that's what's popular in our culture. So I'm definitely a skeptic when it comes to basically all of this stuff. I've had a couple little experiences here and there that are like, maybe something's happening, but I still seriously question. I'm just really skeptical. So like, how, where do you guys sit right now on the subject? I am skeptical, but I also don't think I have all the answers. So I am humble in the sense that I don't necessarily believe what is presented to me, but I also don't have all the answers. And I think there's a part of me that would like to believe Mm -hmm. that somebody could look at me and tell me what's going on with my life and maybe with my future. And so that hope I think makes me come back for more, although I'm, I'm definitely skeptical it about sure it. It would make things easier if someone could just lay it out for you, yes. right? Yes. What do you think, Megan? Well, I think it's interesting that Ashley used the word hope because mm-hmm. um, I think for me, I believe that when there's interaction with people that claim to have psychic abilities, the person that's receiving those messages are very hopeful you know they're seeking that person out usually Mm -hmm. and so they're very hopeful that they will get some kind of message delivered to them that will authorize you know some kind of progression in their life or easing of pain Um, I thought about whether or not these abilities have to exist like if you believe in them if that belief has to exist separately from religion interesting Mm. because It seems like if you're religious, a lot of times psychic and mediums are considered to be like a negatively associated with the devil's works. Right. Like the supernatural or the mystical, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a negative connotation. Even though there are some religions that embrace it, spiritualism and the religion of divine metaphysics, which I don't even know what that is, Mm. but that's something we found in our research. Mm -hmm. But, you know, those aren't religions that I would think of off the top of my head um, to be commonly practiced here in the United States. One of the reasons that this kind of provokes this this thought process in me is because I identify as an atheist and it drives me insane how people, there's such a negative connotation. Like people treat atheism like if you say I'm an atheist, then you are like worshiping the devil or something like that. Yeah, that's its own category. Actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the official definition of atheism is an absence of belief in the existence of deities or disbelieving or lacking belief in the existence of God. It doesn't mean if you're an atheist, you don't believe in other possibilities. And so even though I identify as an atheist and I don't believe in a deity, I might believe that there's some other form of energy or spiritualism that is scientifically based that we don't understand. And so where I'm going with all this is that I'm not religious. I don't believe in God, but I like Ashley, I don't 
know that I have all the answers and I do believe in transfers of energy. So I don't know, you're kind of nodding over there, Ashley. Is this yeah, kind of on the I, same yeah, page as you? Definitely. resonating. Well, for example, when you die, your body, there's not much that happens there. Either it may get cremated or you may go into the ground and it decomposes. Mm-hmm. But there's a spirit there. Mm-hmm. And that's energy in my mind, mm-hmm. and the right. energy goes somewhere. Right, that back must into be the, the universe. That is a metaphysical much, thing. That's a much saying. briefer version of what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ashley, for providing the cliff notes. Yes. I mean, I do think that that's a whole transfer of energy thing. Like, I don't know what happens. I don't believe in a place called heaven and a place called hell, where that energy or that soul, however you want to define it. Uh, relocates to. Mm -hmm. But I don't know exactly what happens to that energy. And so um, while I am somewhat skeptical that every person who claims to have powers as a psychic or medium actually does, I do think that it's possible that somebody could have such a heightened intuitive ability that Mm -hmm. they can understand or interpret things in ways that seem impossible to us. Yeah. For a long time, I thought of myself as agnostic. My other mantra, besides I don't commute to date, is I don't know what I don't know. So can it be like a thing now? Every episode you try to say I don't commute to date? Sure. Okay. I'm into it. Okay. Anyway, it's that important. Um, (laughs) You know that means you will. God. Fall in love with somebody, like somebody who's in who's fucking Oregon yeah, over exactly. 10 miles like away. God damn it. Or something. You yeah. just jinxed it. <sighs> It'll be fun to watch. <laughs> Thanks, asshole. Anyway. Love you. <laughs> no, my other mantra is I don't know what I don't know. And I've spent the last, fuck, uh, five or six years of my life being thrown into new situations, having to learn about shit. But I look back and like 15, 20 years ago, I definitely would consider myself agnostic back then. And my whole thing was, and this sounds arrogant as fuck to say now because I was an arrogant early 20s something. I thought that it was just as arrogant to say there is no God as to say that there is. Because what the fuck do I know? Because I don't know what I don't know, right? So it's very circular. (laughs) Yes. So meta. Um, I follow you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But it is interesting, though, how when you're young... You're so confident in what you know. Right? Well, I was confident in that I didn't know. Well, really. Was, excuse me. Let By me per definition. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. so per, confident per, in right. your beliefs. She's being literary. Yes. Right yeah, thank you. This feels like a trick. Um, <laughs> but as you get older, it's almost like older and wiser means you're wise to the fact that you don't understand or know everything. Most you, things. You yeah. get more humble as you get totally. older because you have all of these life experiences that remind you that the school can get kicked out from underneath you at any time, right? Every day? For years? Sure. You actually believe, I think as you grow that, or you realize that a whole bunch of shit that maybe you were really arrogant and confident about when you were young, yeah, you don't know. (laughs) Which is funny that you say that because while I had a very arrogant stance about why I was agnostic, I've actually moved more towards atheism and feel like I have a better understanding for myself that I'm with you. Like, I don't believe in a God. I don't believe in that. I believe in energy. I believe in science. I, you know, energy is not made or created. It just is, right? There is that transfer of energy. So you die and your body feeds the earth and whatever else happens. And again, I don't know what I don't know. But that's been a weird thing for me to try to reconcile that I don't believe in a God or gods, but I still don't have a firm, like, I don't believe in ghosts. 
And I don't know how to really reconcile See, that. See, interesting, though, how as we're talking about it, your position kind of shifts a little because when you first asked the question, it was like, I'm so skeptical. And now I, I feel skeptical. like you're coming around to no, no. like, well, I don't know. No, <laughs> I'm saying I'm skeptical. I don't just believe it. But I don't not believe it necessarily. I just, I question all of it because I'm like, is that really a thing? Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. I'm well, skeptical. Well, I, I think when you question it, you have to examine what you don't know more. And right. what I hear you doing, Michelle, is examining, here's the hole mm-hmm. that is the the void of information that I don't have. And it's, where does that energy go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I and really don't know much about anything, frankly. Ashley, but do you identify as a particular religion? Okay. No. And I've tried a couple. You Would dabbled. you say you identify as atheist or agnostic? As far as a God is concerned, if, if you ask me, do I think there is a God and that God is not a Western religious God mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to get at. Which is an important distinction. Uh, yes. Right. Uh, no. I don't okay. I don't believe in a god in the western religious sense. So would you hesitate though to use the term atheist to define yourself that way even though that pretty much matches the definition because there's a well, stigma associated yeah, with it, right? Maybe maybe you're getting at the stigma. I I don't necessarily have a stigma. I I have a family of scientists, very mm. scientific minded family that I grew up in, so religion was not something we did. And mm-hmm. science was Something put up on did. a pedestal more <laughs> yeah. than, say, a belief system that you couldn't prove. Mm-hmm. Well, Michelle so. and I say all the time that, like, everything is a spectrum, right? Like, yes. we don't, we're aligned in that we don't really believe in, like, hard and fast classifications when it comes to a lot of things. Like, sexuality is a spectrum. You know, spiritualism mm-hmm. is a spectrum. Like, there's tons of things that are a spectrum where you don't fit into a particular box, and that is bothersome to some people. That's why I was making the point about religion, because mm-hmm. anything that is part of this, I mean, I don't even know what to call it for category, like paranormal or supernatural, or people want to put it in boxes, like it's real, it's not real, it's, you know, the devil's work, mm-hmm. it's, um, I really don't know that there is a box that I think is appropriate to put it in. It's still some a concept that I, the older I get, the more I realize, like, I don't know. And then as we started researching for this article, and I, there was just so much history. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not like a new concept. It's become more of a fad um, in this century. But there has always been people that are members of those communities and those societies that are deemed to have the ability to, like, be more intuitive and interact with spirits or, you know, whether mm-hmm. they be Energy human or not. Energy so, beyond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we should talk about other vehicles for getting some of that information out that we looked at. Did you guys play with Ouija boards growing up? A little bit. A lot. A lot. Uh huh. Yeah, my friends and I in high school, we did that very often. Uh, We had a few experiences that we all were like, whoa, my God, you could not have known that. How did that happen? And now looking back on it, you know, it was so many years ago that I don't know if I'm remembering it incorrectly or, I mean, I remember one specific night being at a friend's house and in my memory, he took his hands off the planchette, which is the little thing that you move around the board, and asked a question of the spirit that we were talking to. Uh, the rest of us had our hands on it, but he did not. Again, 
this is in my memory from 25 years ago, so who knows? And and he asked, like, what was the thing that comforted me when I was a kid? Something like that. And the answer was purple dog. And he was like, oh, my God, holy shit. Like, yeah, that was it. <laughs> because he had some stuffed purple dog. So that's my memory of the moment. Whether I've changed that over the years or I, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I mean, you probably haven't played with a Ouija board in a long it's been time. A, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, what about you, Ashley? Do you have any memories of using a Ouija board? No, other than it was um, frowned upon. It was... It was oh, the devil's tool. The See, devil's tool, yeah. And so I, I always felt really bad for, uh-huh. ha- and I had one. So I, I feel like I had here's, one. That's interesting. Here's what's actually. funny because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you the history of the Ouija board and how it became to be known as like a tool of the devil. Earlier, I said when was the last time you played with an, a Ouija board? Mm-hmm. Because you can buy a Ouija board in the toy section with the other games. Yeah, it's right? made like, by Hasbro. That's right. where you buy it. And when it was first publicly advertised for sale, was it was back in 1891, and it was advertised by a toy and novelty shop in Pittsburgh. A lot of this information I got from that Smithsonian Magazine article that Michelle referenced. So it came out of this American 19th century obsession with spiritualism, which sort of started with this, these sisters are called the Fox sisters in upstate New York. Michelle, why don't you tell them about the Fox sisters? I'm kind of fascinated with these sisters. So Maggie and Kate Fox, and then their older sister, Leah, are the Fox sisters. And the two younger sisters used what they called wrappings to convince uh, their older sister that they were communicating with spirits um, and to convince others. And they took an apple and like tied it on a string and were like wrapping the, or like tapping the apple on the wall or the floor or something to like make a sound. And so somebody would ask a question and one of them like had this string and they're like answering by tapping this apple. So from the very beginning, like as little kids, they're making shit up. Their older sister convinced them to like take their show on the road, basically. And it sounds like she knew from fairly early on that that they weren't really, like that they Mm -hmm. were faking it. But they basically taught themselves how to crack their knuckles. And they would, like their ankles and their toes. And so they would wear these dresses that go all the way to the ground. And so somebody would ask them a question and somebody else would like tap them under the table, like to let them know this is your chance. Like, and they would crack their toes or whatever. People wow. thought they were communing with the spirits. I mean, it was a complete farce. And and they did come out at the end of their life, late 1800s, and confess. And, like, one of them went on stage and showed everyone, showed an audience of, like, 2,000 people that it was fake. I had some quotes here from the end of their lives. Um, these two women, Maggie said that I have been chiefly instrumental in perpetrating the fraud of spiritualism upon a too confiding public. Most of you doubtless know. The greatest sorrow in my life has been that this is true, and though it has come late in my day, I am now prepared to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. I am here tonight as one of the founders of spiritualism to denounce it as an absolute falsehood from beginning to end, as the flimsiest of superstitions, the most wicked blasphemy known to man. Nope. Nope. Known to the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But Um, blasphemy. Blasphemy. So she's religious. Clearly. Yeah. And that's why I wonder is... And you're going to get into this later. Yeah, Megan's going to tell you where that came in. Is that why they're coming clean? 
They who well, knows? they wanted to, no. It actually says that they they got in a big big old fight with their older sister, who was like their manager, and they wanted to harm her as much as possible. So they went and told the world <laughs> that they were faking it. That's what. Well, that's Gosh, what Wikipedia I keep telling said. my kids that they're not going to fight as sisters when they're older and they're going to be best friends. Well, they're close in age. Maybe it'll be fine. Work out. <laughs> so the Fox sisters, they sort of kickstarted this obsession. The Ouija board was something that they had to. I mean, it was allegedly proven to work at the patent office. And they did get a patent for it in 1891. Not the Fox sisters, somebody else. Right, the uh, the toy company. And so they were able to start manufacturing this under a patent. This was during the Civil War era when people were desperate to connect with their loved ones who had gone away to war and never come back. You know, there was just, again, that, like, hope, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I hope that this is some way to connect with somebody. Yeah. Um, and so it became very popular. And it actually wasn't really scary at first. It wasn't considered scary. Until 1973, when the movie The Exorcist was released. So, for those who have not had the pleasure of seeing that movie, there's a 12-year-old girl who is possessed by a demon after playing with a Ouija board. And because of that gateway, basically, that changed the way that people saw the Ouija board. And practically overnight, it became known as like a tool of the devil, which made its way into stories that horror writers would put together or movie makers. And so it was around for a long time and manufactured as like a toy with a positive, fun connotation until that movie. And then now it's considered something scary. I mean, all the times I remember playing with it growing up, we would get scared and stop. It was it was an instrument of the devil. Right. right, right, but I like I, I find up. it fascinating that yeah. that it wasn't until The Exorcist. Yeah. I had no I, idea. I didn't know that either. Yeah. But you can. I mean, you still buy it in the toy section, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and I don't. I just would be curious to know if people who um, identify as a psychic or a medium would also say like, "Yeah, that's bullshit," right? Mm-hmm. Or if they would say, "Well, you know, it depends on who's playing." I don't know if you're some sort of empath. What about, have you guys had your tarot cards read before? Have you done that, Ashley? Yes, I have. Did, did you I feel have. like it actually told you anything mm, relevant? or It did. It was in a rough time in my life, and I was desperate for something, mm-hmm. anything. One card told me something that actually came true. Interesting. So I am appreciative of that. Although, to me, it is a human characteristic, I think, that you need to have some hope that there's something beyond you, something the physical you, that, that will help faith? you hold on to. Yeah, I think I it's mean, faith. I think it's that's... spirituality. I think it's something that helps us as animals, so to speak, yeah. continue on. And and particularly in our darkest of days, which quite a few people in the recent months have yeah, gone through. I mean, absolutely. you just need hope. And that hope often isn't tangible in your life at that moment. And so what do you do? You look to things that you can't see or hear or identify with. And so at this point in my life, I did have a tarot card reading. Something that got read came true. It was about children and it gave me the lift that I needed to get through whatever mm-hmm. I needed to get through so gave you that comfort. yeah 
Yeah, it well, gave me I, a comfort. I think that people that are religious, not to go back down that rabbit hole, but, you know, there isn't a lot of evidence to support some of the things that they believe. They would say, well, I don't need that evidence to support it. I have faith. So I think faith and hope are tied. I do too. Pretty Some call it grace. Hmm. Some call it grace. I learned that when I tried out a particular religion. It's called grace. Huh. What do you mean? Like, what's the the definition? I ask the same thing. Um, Grace is the faith. It's the inviting in of the leap mm-hmm. that you make mm, okay so it's 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 the inviting you to leap over into something that you want to happen interesting is my was my take on it i mean there could be somebody out there who says i'm wrong but i had the same question and it, i learned that it could also be called grace okay i've thought a lot about the word grace in the last couple years and I but it's always been in the context of like giving myself grace or giving somebody else grace yes like allowing someone to be human to fuck up um still embracing them still embracing myself still believing in myself I guess yes right that was my understanding tarot for those of you who may not know it actually started as like playing cards for games in the mid 15th century in Europe it wasn't until the late 18th century that some of those decks began to be used for uh, like divination. You don't actually have to be a psychic at all, let alone a medium, to read tarot cards. They aren't necessarily for fortune telling, but are more used to access intuition and inner wisdom. The card imagery creates access to your subconscious mind. Uh, so in theory, it can help you make positive changes and manifest future goals. For me, I've always kind of looked at that stuff as, you know, I don't necessarily believe that it's a real telling of something that's going to happen or who I am or what my life is. But any prompting towards introspection and reflection, I think is a good thing. So I still, you know, it's entertainment value for me. And, you know, it helps me like therapy, like take a look at some, a closer look at some Mm -hmm. things personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had it done a couple times. Megan, you and I had it done in California with a couple other people. Mm -hmm. And I know at least you and I both kind of felt like we were told the exact same thing. Yeah, it was a very similar generic. You know, again, I go back to not every experience or individual that you interact with Mm -hmm. is necessarily... I mean, someone might be putting on a show and somebody might have a deep fundamental belief that they have this these abilities. Maybe our interaction at that point was with somebody who just happened to have a storefront in Laguna Beach. I mean, it's fucking Laguna Beach. People were walking around with a lot of money. A lot of money to spend. Well, we were walking around. I didn't necessarily have a lot of money to spend, but but it was fun. That's not what I meant. Um, Have either of you ever participated in a seance? No. No. I feel I like not. it's more of an older concept. I mean... Or or if you're doing it now, you're deeper into this world than, say, someone who dabbles with a tarot card reading when you're on yeah, vacation. Yeah, I feel like a that. seance is a commitment. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. That's a commitment. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was interesting the word seance comes from the French word for session or to sit, you know, like you're sitting mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. seance. Seance. Mm-hmm. A seance? sound like you took uh, French is that how you say that sales yes close enough and another thing that I thought was interesting was that Mary Todd Lincoln who was a former first lady she actually conducted seances in the White House after their 11 year old son died 
of a fever in 1862. And it wasn't just her going off to the side and doing these crazy, uncomfortable things. The seances were actually attended by her husband, President Abraham Lincoln, and other prominent members of society. So there we have like our country's leader outwardly showing that they, again, want to have this hope Mm -hmm. that they could reach their child that passed away Mm -hmm. somehow. And and I think that's probably why they reached out and and maintained involvement and hope and faith that, you know, the messages that they were getting were real. So something that I've always thought about most of these things, tarot, Ouija boards, all that, horoscopes even, like the idea that anyone could hear some kind of generalized but specific enough thing you have too much conflict in your life. You fail to utilize all the capacity you have in your heart or whatever the fuck. I don't know. But like those things that... you have another career. Oh, thank you. Me too. Wait, are you telling me to be a sex phone operator again? Yeah. Was it that voice that I just did? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. Excellent. I'll see what I can do. (laughs) Anyway, I think that people are so... They're hungry for that, not validation, but like they, they want connection, mm-hmm. but it, not even like I'm trying to connect with a deceased loved one. Mm-hmm. Affirmation. There it is. That's what I'm trying to say. That they're doing the right thing or no, I'm not on the right path and I need to make a change or whatever it is. So they know what's going on in their life and in their head. And so they hear these sort of vague sentences that come at them and they're like, oh my God, that's exactly They're talking about me. They're talking about me. Well, there's a name for this, right? Yeah, the Barnum effect. I'm fascinated by this shit. Okay, so it's a psychological phenomenon where individuals give high accuracy ratings to descriptions of their personality. They're supposedly tailored specifically to them, but they're pretty vague and general enough to apply to a wide range of people. And there have been a lot of studies about this. It was coined by a psychologist, uh, Paul meal in uh, 1956 because he was relating vague personality descriptions in like a pseudo psychological way that were given to people by P.T. Barnum, the circus guy. Who wasn't always known as a master psychological manipulator. And actually, when the movie The Greatest Showman came out, I heard some criticism about the movie because, well, personally, I like the movie a lot. Um, It's very entertaining. I still haven't seen it. it. (laughs) Me neither. Don't tell anybody. Well, then, uh, clearly, I'm the authority here, so I'll speak to it. It sort of paints the picture of him as being charming and just committing these minor transgressions to become the person that he was meant to be and entertain the world. And it does identify some of his shortcomings, but... A lot of people criticized the movie by saying that um, really he was kind of a con artist and Mm -hmm. a manipulator and it's sensationalized him in a positive way. And so it's not too surprising it's called the Barnum effect, but doesn't it have another name too? The Forer effect. Um, And I don't remember that particular guy's first name, unfortunately, but he was a psychologist and he did experiments Mm -hmm. where he had a bunch of college students take tests like personality tests, and then based on their answers, he gave them a list of attributes about themselves, except that he gave every single person the exact same list. And they all were like, oh, my God, it's so spot on. (laughs) So, And they still, I read that they still do that today in colleges, you know, when they're teaching psychology classes. So people want that affirmation, right? Mm -hmm. That, like... Yeah. I put all this information about myself out there and 
some of it's kind of maybe like an identity thing. I mean, that's a fragile time in your life where you're vulnerable and want to feel yeah, understood. Yeah, I don't maybe? think it would be any different with full-fledged adults, though. I, I think you want to feel like special? somebody understand. No, not, oh. not, not necessarily special, but maybe that's a little bit of it. But I think you want to feel like somebody gets it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there is Validation. a system or a series of identifiers upon which you can sink your bean. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. put your bean up there, hang it on the hook. Mm-hmm. And that's got your answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wouldn't that be awesome? Well, it's yeah. it sounds it like... Would. Uh, wouldn't that be easy? It sounds like yes. safety to me. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. a... It makes you it's feel comfortable. secure. It's comfortable. It's security. Yeah. Well, life is fucking hard. And right. if somebody could hand me the answers, that would be a lot better. <laughs> so I get so, that. So what We're if I... are them on this podcast. <laughs> We're, yeah. You're all but what them. if I told you, here's your horoscope. Here's mm-hmm. why you're acting the way you're acting or feeling the way you're feeling or emoting the way you're emoting. Mm-hmm. It's because you're part of this group. Right. And this mm-hmm. group identifies the way you identify. And so it's okay. Well, and then you don't, okay. you don't have to take any personal responsibility for shit either. Granted, true. But well, but you're uh, you're part of this group that yeah. makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I was it, just like talking to Michelle yesterday about this one-hour documentary I watched this weekend on Heaven's Gate, that cult. <sighs> Good old hail, Bob. They... <laughs> They interviewed some people that had left the cults prior to the mass suicide. You know, we're like, it was like 39 people all committed suicide. They were, the people that they interviewed said that when they joined this cult and went to like an initial meeting, they were all searching for some sense of belonging, Mm -hmm. a community. Basically, they were very vulnerable. And so it's kind of the same, like, here's a group of people that are just like, like you and you feel secure in that right mm-hmm. I found my community and I think that that's part of it I think that's huge if somebody mm-hmm. comes that's to you so and powerful. is like I see you I get you you know it makes you feel yep. good and understood and I've stayed in relationships way too long yeah. for that exact same <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. well, well I think you're you're you will let a lot pass you will right. you will let a lot of you f- you'll forgive a lot you'll, you'll make excuses yes. for the other things yes yeah to the and, point of like with a cold of being brainwashed mm-hmm. some people could argue that organized religion is similar in that it's a group of people with the same ideology that take comfort and security and knowing that they all have the same set of beliefs and have that community and that somebody is guiding them down that road Mm -hmm. of that belief system and helping them justify and understand those beliefs and that may be where they feel comfortable. And I think that relates back to what we're talking about today about psychics and mediums, because it speaks to the spiritual part of our being. Mm -hmm. It's not the physical part. It's the spiritual part Mm -hmm. that we can harness the physical part. We can do that. We know what that is. That reminds me of another thing I read about the Barnum effect is that uh, these vague descriptions are often complimentary. And Mm -hmm. of course, people want to hear complimentary things about themselves. And so they're more likely to embrace it if, you know, somebody is reading their tarot cards or something Mm -hmm. like that. And they're saying like, love and light and fertility and all these things are going to come your 
your way and you want that to come your way or they say something like you're a person who really um, is a nurturer or whatever you feel good about that right mm-hmm. it's it's not that different than a friend saying like wow you're a really good listener or whatever yeah. you're not gonna turn that down you're gonna say well yeah I am aren't I that's right I'm amazing <laughs> this is interesting I read that Sarah Jessica Parker and her husband, Matthew Broderick, have reportedly used a psychic for marriage counseling before. Hmm. I don't know why or how that works, but I just wonder if it's like the intuitive, mm-hmm. you know, they're relying on yeah. the intuitive Do you think part. they start it there or like they go to regular therapy first and they're like, mm, we need a little something more? Because that's interesting. Like, I've never even heard of that. I would think that they could just watch a bunch of episodes of Sex in the City. I learned a lot <laughs> when I was in college. She was on it. She knows it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm off on that tangent, there are some other uses for psychics and mediums that are atypical in society, like law enforcement. Well, sometimes when mm-hmm. they're, they have a really hard case that they can't crack, sometimes they'll engage a psychic to see if they can get some additional clues and of course there's a wide variety of reported cases where psychics have been involved in cracking the case or whatever and I think there's always like ambiguity or some people will dispute that but it's definitely true that it's happened and continues to happen where they'll they'll make the reach out can we just real quick while we're on that did you guys ever watch this the show psych no it was a USA show Uh, James Roday, Corbin Burns, and Dulé Hill. Holy shit, that show's amazing. Everyone go watch it right now. There's like <laughs> is, eight seasons. Is it seasons. even on anymore? No, but you okay. can get it on Netflix or something. It, there's like oh. eight seasons of it. It is so fucking funny and so well done. The premise is that the main character is a, quote, psychic helping out the Santa Barbara Police Department, except that he's not at all. He's just... He has, like, really heightened observational skills and an eidetic memory or photographic memory. And so he's, you know, really in tune with everything that's going around on around him at any time. And so he's just really able to be a great detective. But he somehow, from very early on, has them convinced that he's a psychic. And it is the funniest shit. Everyone should watch that It's funny that that's a comedy. Well, I don't know if it's a comedy, but that you're saying it's a dramedy. Uh, oh, is that oh. a word? I didn't know. Yes, that's a word. Like you didn't coin that yourself? No, not at all. Thing. Comedy, drama, a dramedy. Oh, I I, this well, is, I'm learning something. I, I don't know. think I'm um, making up words. Speaking of that, Ashley, I'm curious, as an attorney who has sort of like an investigative component to your job, uh, what do you think about that? Because you're... you're career is largely hinges on facts right and evidence evidence. Mm -hmm. so could you ever imagine utilizing a psychic or something to help you resolve a case I guess I would say that you're working on that you can't understand or figure out how it happened yes the thing that's playing through my mind is I don't do criminal law so it's not Mm -hmm. as dramatic but uh speaking of shows Prime Suspect. Mm. You guys ever see that? I haven't watched that. Mm -mm. A little plug for that. Prime Suspect with Helen Mirren in the mid nineties. I love Helen Mirren. Early Helen Mirren. That's what I mean. Hot Helen Mirren. Hell yeah! (laughs) But she was a badass. She still got it. She's a badass, and she was Sergeant Tennyson. And they would solve pretty ugly criminal cases. And when you were talking about the show that you were just talking about, Michelle, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about what if you had a psychic come into Sergeant Major Tennyson's department and say, 
let me help you. Let me offer some psychic help for you. Some and guidance. I, yeah, some guidance. And I think he or she would get laughed out of the mm-hmm. whatever department they were in. Right. But I think that Helen Mirren, Sergeant Major Tennyson, would on the side mm-hmm. engage this person ah. and solicit whatever this person had to say as a and like use clue right. that... To you find know, the evidence. When they're when you're in desperate times, mm-hmm. desperate measures may be mm-hmm. used. If you've got and now I'm tying it back to the law, if if you're in a criminal situation and you've just exhausted all your mm-hmm. you know, usual means and you don't have anything else, why not? Well why plus, not? You yeah. know, they'll get for Who especially knows? like a big case. Thousands of tips, right? And right. they're yeah. obligated to investigate every yeah, one of those follow leads. Those. So if you've investigated hundreds or thousands of leads and still haven't solved the case, I mean, yeah, why, why not? not? I mean, you've, you've already chased a bunch of other leads that weren't productive and didn't get you anywhere. So well, why I'm, not try something? And I read about a lot of cases where the family has actually engaged mm-hmm. the psychic, not mm. law enforcement, but then the family turns over the information they get from the psychic to law enforcement, and then they would follow up on it, and sometimes it was productive. So. Yeah. Well, and every investigator yeah. knows that you're not going to get any kind of case prosecuted or anything based solely on that, but if it can lead you to some evidence, yes. then you have the evidence. That's the goal, or, right? Or maybe it just leads to not solving the case, but some sort of knowledge that gives a different the victim way of closure about it. Right. Well, what right, if it gives right. the victim more closure? Yeah, that's true. So I mean, it, it doesn't hurt. have to always yeah. be, I'm going to solve the crime with this, but if it gives the victim some closure, mm-hmm. I mean, that's worth it. That's a great segue into the third thing I was going to mention, which is there was a really interesting article from last year in the New York Times that I looked at that talked about the bridge between psychics and, and mediums and self-care and mental health, uh, because so much of it is reliant on intuition and being introspective and um, there are some companies, like they were talking about Gwyneth Paltrow's company, Goop, I think it's called. <laughs> it is called um, Goop. <laughs> yep. That are tapping into those resources, not in the traditional way that you would think. Not like, you know, a road show, but more of like, here are ways to meditate or like get more in touch with yourself It's kind of hard to explain, but the upshot is that there's a mental health aspect of this utilization of psychics and mediums, and some people kind of turn their head at that, but they're focusing on the intuitive part. Mm Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was saying earlier, how, you know, I don't necessarily believe in tarot cards and horoscopes and stuff, but I look at it as any chance for that introspection, that reflection is a good thing. Like, I mean, all I know right? is next time I'm yeah. going to a psychic, I'm using my HSA to pay for <laughs> Ooh, That's a good idea. If yeah. only. That's a good idea. Can we do that now? Maybe. Well, let's try. I use it for lice removal, so I can't. Oh, try. I can't. So, I, can't. I tried that. I really? Can't. No, I can't. Oh. Because I didn't go to a, I wasn't in a hospital. Can what? I just real quick say that I thought you meant that you tried a psychic for the lice removal? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was really confused. Can somebody find, no. like, the I head, <laughs> the head honcho? Head pun intended. <laughs> yes, seriously. Oh, uh, can you commune with the queen? No, I, I was in the lobby head. and I called. Of course, I called my insurance. I was like, "Hello, 
Well, like, I have heard give me the scoop. I've heard from other people not. that they've used their HSA for lice removal. I, we can't. Because no. I wasn't in a hospital. Why the they fuck don't. would you ever be in a hospital for lice? I no, mean, because the <laughs> actually, salon. Actually, I know you panic when your kids get lice, but even you but would I got not my take place. your kids to I, the No, ER. and I got my place. I, I've got my you lice spies. Yeah. It's in Edmonds. I bought a year annual membership. We go once a month. <laughs> Do you want to give them a You plug? go once a month? We go once a month. What? I'm sorry. Okay, once this does not have anything to do with psychic meetings. No, but, but this I have needs to, to be discussed. We go once a month. What? Yeah. Is there Full like, disclosure, do you have like a membership? Do you, get a, yeah. do you have like a punch card? Um, like virtual punch card. I mean, it's in the computer. Wait, but like. <laughs> I, I am blown away. I, I get, I get a discount. <laughs> I get a discount. I signed up for monthly lice checks because it's inevitable we're going to get it. So Does I'm going to catch it. Does the whole fam family get checked or just the kids? Not Mike, but me. You and okay. the kids. And the kids. And it's huh. not cheap, but to me, it's worth it for, um, you the know, anxiety. <laughs> Ashley doesn't like them. It's like a form of therapy. <laughs> Some yep. people get a massage. I get checked I get, for lice. I get an annual lice membership. And it's lice vice. Uh, and if we get lice, which we absolutely will, um, we <laughs> get know, 10% off of treatments. Huh. I bought it right before COVID. And then they've called me for the last two months and said, you know, your membership isn't going to start now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Can so. you get like a gift card? Like what if, yes. what if you know a family that yes. like has really been passing the lice around and you just want to be tactful and like someone's birthday is coming up and you can be like, <laughs> Slide I my would. gift card. In. I, I, I would own that membership. Yeah. I'd be like, here you go. Take here you this. Go. Okay, on well, me. It's on me. Woo. Okay, getting back on track. Okay. That was Sidebar. very educational. Other shows involving mediums and psychics Long Island Medium, Hollywood Medium, Seatbelt Psychic. I have not seen Seatbelt Psychic. I've never psychic. even heard of that one. I've seen the other two. I'm especially fond of the Hollywood Medium. He's adorable. See, I haven't seen that one, but I have seen Long Island Medium, and I have some reservations about the whole thing. Okay, why? Well, because it's TV. Like, they can fucking make anything look real, right? true. Supposedly, I'm going back to Hollywood Medium, supposedly he is never told whose house he's going to. He's really young. And sometimes, at least on the shows... He doesn't even know because the person is like was famous when he was really young or whatever. And so he doesn't even know who they are. They'll be like, oh, you don't know who I am, do you? And he's like, no, I'm sorry, I don't. But I have seen several episodes with people who say, like, I was very skeptical before he came. Now I'm a believer because there's stuff that there's no way he could have known, like childhood memories and stuff. And they cry. And obviously it's all good TV, right? But it just goes to show that this sort of fascination that our culture yes, has no, for sure. continues. We so, don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know. There was that um, a fictional show, Medium. You remember that one? It was I Patricia remember, Arquette, but I didn't watch it. Jake Weber. Well, um, she's pretty like woo-woo in real she's life. She's a little woo-woo. She? I think so, yeah. But I loved that show. I mean, show. in like a cool way. She seems pretty cool to me. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd hang out with her. Patricia, hit us up. We often um, talk about celebrities that would never really hang out with us. Yeah, no, our squad is full of them. Our they fantasy just, squad. They don't know. Patricia, come join our fantasy join, squad. Join us. Let's have some <laughs> Prosecco. Um, no, that show, this is something I didn't know until recently, is that the show medium, the character, Alison Dubois, was based completely on a real person. That like a real medium? A real medium named Alison Dubois oh. that worked hmm. with the police department in Glendale, Arizona, and with the Texas Rangers, not the baseball team, but the 
like <laughs> law enforcement arm. Yeah, the Thank ranger you guy. for that. You're guy. welcome. <laughs> um, to solve crimes, helping the law enforcement agencies like catch solve the bad crimes. guys, yeah. solve the crimes. And so the show, which I loved and watched in its entirety back in the day, was completely based on this real person. Who I'm having in- an epiphany. Oh, yeah? Prosecco theory. <gasps> Prosecco theory. Here it goes. Chaz slash Chop. Ah. They don't need law enforcement. Let's just get a bunch of psychic mediums up in there. Nikita, are you listening? Yeah. There it is. We have no, your answer. No, for that's you. the answer for the mayor. Should text that or Summer email the mayor. There you go. Yeah. See, I'm not um, sure that idea will take off. No, prob- probably not. It'd be better than probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, boy. That is a whole other podcast. Yep. Okay, so we've given the history and some examples. Now let's talk about some personal experience. Who wants to go first? Well, I think I'm going to ask Ashley some questions because this is actually one of the reasons we want Ashley to be on the show. Ashley and I have some history visiting a particular psychic in the Seattle area together multiple times. Like we wouldn't do our readings together, but we would go at the same time. And this was a psychic that I was connected to through a nanny that I used to have. And she would tell me about these interesting readings that she would have with the psychic. And so finally, I was like, okay, I've never done this, but I want to I want to go check it out. And so I talked to Ashley about it. And we decided to go together. I personally was motivated to go because I had firmly decided at that point in my life that I was an atheist, that I didn't believe in a deity or a god. And I was sort of exploring this whole concept of energy transfer and what happens. And I'd never done anything like that before. So I just kind of wanted to have the experience and see what it was like and how I felt um, and if it changed anything for me. And uh, do you want to talk about why you want to go with me, Ashley? Sure. I I think, and you know, this was years ago, so I'm I don't remember exactly, but I don't think I would have done it on my own. No, no I I can say one hundred percent. I wouldn't mm-hmm. would not have done it on my own. But you and I, I trust you, Megan. We're good friends. You know, that was easy. It was like, okay, I'm going to go with Megan. I'm not opposed to it. I any you know education I can have on my spiritual life, as long as it's, you know, not outside of my budget is (laughs) fine. And I'm fairly different kind of collection plate. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just being open minded about it, I Mm -hmm. suppose I, I have been thinking, I remember there is a story that my mother and my aunt, who's now deceased, went to a psychic probably back in the 60s and learned some very interesting things that growing up I have this vague history of both of them not being able to explain what they learned in that session and I I don't remember the details of it I wish I did but I don't do you remember if they thought it was powerful or impactful yes yes. so they were they were very impacted by it so much so that they Mm. talked about it years and years and years afterward and it was communicated down to us children and so I feel like that was probably a window that opened into my you know in my mind that this isn't something to be ignored it Mm -hmm. might Mm. lead to some interesting truth that you didn't know or you wouldn't have thought about so I think I had an open mind. There's always value in experiencing something for yourself to make your own decision. Yeah. So I think I had a good friend who was like, I'm going to do this. You want to do it with me? And Price was right. Yeah. And <laughs> why not? I mean, I don't know 
how you feel. Like I, I ended up seeing this psychic actually multiple times just over years, but I really, really liked her and I felt really just comfortable in her space. The first visit I had with her, so she's a psychic medium. So I didn't do any medium work the first visit I had with her. It was a lot of discussion of like past lives stuff. And like, of course, there's no fact checking against that, right? So you don't know <laughs> Hold if that's on. Let true. me consult Wikipedia. I mean, it was interesting. It was entertaining. I was comfortable with her. Can I interrupt for a yeah. minute? Um, I remember having the discussion with you. We weren't big social media people. Right. You so I remember, no, I'm not. I'm not on Facebook. I'm me not on either. Instagram. So, and neither is Megan. So we had consciously thought there's no way to check on us. To you research can't us. research us. That's right. We're not That's online. True. And Because and we thought, well, you know, maybe what this is, is that they go online and they find information about people. But we were like, well, that will be pretty hard to do with us because yes. we don't have a big online, online presence. presence. Yeah. yeah. But I just asked her like interesting things like, I feel like really nervous about going down a big flight of stairs, you know, like, why do I always feel like that? I've never actually fallen down the stairs except for when I was a kid, which is like a rite of passage for every child. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about that and she told me a story about a past life and like dying, <laughs> falling down the stairs yeah, and stuff I like that. that. So it was I, kind of I interesting. But, um, and we talked about other things too. And I mean, I liked her enough and was intrigued enough to go back at other times. I know you actually kind of wrote a lot of your thoughts down during that first session or after that first session because we like had a drink or something mm-hmm. somewhere afterwards. So do you remember some of the things <laughs> that you... <laughs> Jot it down. I brought my list. Actually, I brought my someone cleaned her basement recently. My green index card. That is. Wait, how long ago was this? Um, I was. I didn't date this, which is surprising. Yeah. Hang on, let me think for a minute. It was probably like 2013. I call my notes angelic guide. Oh. Angelic guide. She she talks about your spiritual guides that she basically converses with. I think it's okay to just say that she described it to us as everybody has these um, spiritual guides, and sometimes she calls them angels, just because mm-hmm. I think it's easier for people to understand. And they are the ones who are kind of like watching you and trying to guide you. And if you go to somebody who has like an ability as a medium, they can pass messages directly to you through her. Right. And so since she was a psychic and a medium she could receive messages from your guides and relay them to Pass you. Pass them on. And, you know, any messages that you had or questions, she could relate to them. I, I think I got some medium in from her. I as think I you did the first notes. time and I did not. Yeah. So I have in my notes, uh, Owl Spirit, opening up third eye that has been closed since I was five and a half years old. Hmm. Isn't that supposed to be like oh, your intuitive? Yeah. yeah. No, here's, here's a whole paragraph on it. In the last four, and I'm reading from my notes, in the last four months, so remember this is 2013? 2013, 2013 or 2014? 2013, my third eye that has been closed since I'm five and a half. And I'm 50 now, so I was 43. In the last four months, my third eye is opening up. My talents will elevate an event. Healer. Hmm. In a group. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, And then I have in my notes, there will be people there who are quote unquote entitled and the angels say to let that go because there is joy on the other side. So 
my angelic guide appeared to be an owl. That owl was opening up a third eye that had been closed for many years in my life. And that there will be people that I am with that are entitled. And if I just let that go and get to the other side, I'll find joy. Hmm. So Um, post that reading, did that ever click or make sense to you? Honestly, I don't feel that I'm that good just letting that go. Mm -hmm. I take people to task. (laughs) You do. And I hold them accountable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will shut the door Mm -hmm. pretty unequivocally. So I'm not sure that that's entirely true. And I'm not saying that any of those attributes are good. But I'm not sure that that third eye opening really was the case. What was your feeling, though, when we left? Did you feel comfortable? Did you feel intrigued? Did you feel like this is a load of bull? I mean, how did you feel? I remember feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. There was so much information. I think we did a half an hour each. Did, right. I and think we, we split an up, hour. We ended up doing an hour. Like, I think we went back and did an yeah. hour yeah. another time because we were like, yeah. whoa, a half an hour is not enough time to absorb and process right. all of that. Right. So I will say that I went to see this same psychic a couple of times with my sister. One of the times that we went, we did a lot of medium work and we supposedly connected with my grandpa. And I I will say that we were told things that there's just no way. I mean, I I can't think of any possible way that this psychic medium would have known that stuff or even a guess because some of it wasn't necessarily positive, but it was specific. And so it wasn't just like the filling your ego or saying things you want to hear. And so she and I were had this like adrenaline excitement when we left because we were like, that was a crazy experience. Like, how could she have possibly known that stuff? Those are the kind of scenarios that make me think like, I mean, maybe I don't know everything or maybe, you know, nine Mm -hmm. out of 10 people who claim to have this ability are full of it. But some people actually do have some kind of gift. I don't know. But it was definitely persuasive. So let's talk about the the psychic party. (laughs) Yeah, so the only time I've seen her was at your house. We had a little get together Mm -hmm. where we did like 20 minute sessions, I think, each with her. Yeah, so let me just be clear. Like, you know, we kind of joke and call it the psychic party. The psychic party. That is not what we called it with her. I mean, basically, at that time, and she doesn't do this anymore, but at that time, she would offer group readings, basically. And I said to her, if I wanted to have some friends come over, would you be willing to do like small individual readings instead of a large group reading? And she said, yes, she would be willing to do that. Mm -hmm. And so she came over and both Michelle and Ashley were there as, as well as some other people. She was so generous with her time because it was supposed to be probably like 10 minutes a person and she was there way longer than she Mm -hmm. was supposed to have been and she spent way more time with people than what was supposed to be allocated and it was such a crazy interesting night I'll never forget it because the way that it seemed to work was we were all downstairs and I was in a really little house at the time so we were all downstairs and then everyone would take their turn right and so the person who came down the stairs would sit and talk to the group about their session while someone else was upstairs and then we just cycled through 
true. And I remember a lot of people being emotional, a lot of people that came because they were skeptic. And there wasn't a ton of people. It was like eight people. Mm -hmm. But people came because they were skeptical and they were like, wow, that's interesting. I've never had this experience before. And now I'm questioning. But some interesting things happened that night. So like, Michelle, talk about your experience. Yeah. So a few, a few things, you know, I gave her, she knew my name. She knew my husband's name. She knew my kids' names and ages. And she told me pretty much right away that unless my husband and I really figured some stuff out, that we would be done within two years. She also told me that my daughter, she called her a scientific princess, which I guess a lot of little girls are kind of like that, but she was definitely like twirly and pink and purple and sparkles, but super into anything scientific. She literally... And still is. <laughs> and still is. But she literally, from the age of two would ask us, what else is science? (laughs) Oh, potatoes grow from the ground? What else is science? (laughs) Like, that's she would talk like that. So so those, you know, I had no context for knowing whether my husband and I would be done in two years. I did know that my daughter was, yes, into science and princesses. By the way, did that turn out to be true? The two years? Yep, Uh sure did. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Then she was talking about my son. And it was that part of the night that I thought... This woman doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. Because she asked me, she knew his name and his age. And she was like, does he have a lot of tantrums? And I thought, my God, absolutely. My kid, the happiest child, happiest baby, toddler. Yeah. He never had tantrums. He never melted down. And she was so baffled by the fact that I was like, yeah, no, that's way off. She was like, huh, okay. And then she thought for a minute and she's like, you know, you know what it is? I see him with his head in the clouds. Like he is in his own place. He is in his own world. I just thought this is nothing. And I remember the date of the party, July 6, 2015, because it was two weeks later that my very good friend who worked at the school that he was going to, and he was there as a peer model for kids with developmental disabilities. It was an inc- it's an inclusive program. You know, half the kids have developmental disabilities, autism, Down syndrome, etc., and half don't. And, and the ones that don't are called peer models. The right? peer models. My daughters yes. were peer models in their preschool too. It's an incredible place, and we were there at all because my daughter had been there as a peer model and we started there because this friend of mine had worked there for years and had touted the place as this amazing spot so two weeks to the day after this party uh she pulled me in her office and she was like we have some real concerns Mm. and turns out yeah Mm. my kid has autism and a lot of kids with autism have a lot of sensory overloads that lead to tantrums and meltdowns. And it's a really uh, common thing for kids with autism. And he does not, knock on wood, have a lot of that going on, which is, makes life easier for us. But yeah, his head is absolutely in the clouds and he is in his own world at all times. And he's incredible. But yeah, there's a lot of shit going on there that we didn't know yet. And I don't really think that is generic. I mean, that doesn't seem like a generic comment to me. Because it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily like, your kid is a leader and your kid, you know, like all these positive things that you would want to hear about your kid that you would just, you know, drink in and be like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. my special snowflake is just like this, you know. (laughs) So that was interesting. And I remember when that happened and he got diagnosed us talking about Mm -hmm. that party 
I hesitate to call it a party because I don't want to devalue what, what she was going on provided. Yeah. But I mean, it, for lack of a better term, that's what it was. It was like a psychic party yeah. where everyone got to do a reading. And um, was that your first experience, like doing um, mm-hmm. a reading first and a only? Okay, yeah. Mm. Ashley, you also had an interesting night that night. Do you want to tell yeah. your story? Yeah, and I, I feel like I need to say the psychic medium that we're talking about. I don't know. I mean, I think if there were ever a psychic or medium who was a true one, she would be a candidate. When she was communicating with the spirit guides, her eyes very rapidly would just go like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, it was... It's a little disconcerting. How could you do that on command? I don't know if you could. I mean, overall, if if there are mediums or psychics out there, I I have no doubt she may be one. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't doubt that she can read things. So with that said, I was more intrigued with the first time I saw her, just kind of from an interesting, this is kind of a neat, oh, my third eye is opening up and it's been closed since I was five and a half. Okay, I'll go to Megan's party and... <laughs> see this woman again and I had um lost a child from SIDS and I was a little bit disappointed the first time I met this woman because she had not brought that up and that was absolutely 100% the most devastated huge thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life it overshadowed everything and I was sort of jaw dropped by the fact that that didn't come up and it did not come up in that first session at all and I didn't want to bring it up because I wanted to see if she would tap into it and she did not so second time around is Megan's party and I am thinking well either she's going to bring it up or I'm going to bring it up because I'm curious so I had that hope right yeah Mm -hmm. I think that's that hope that I want to connect with that child that I lost at six weeks from SIDS Mm -hmm. and see what's going on So I sat up there and she wasn't going to bring it up. So I interrupted and I said, look, I've got this situation. I want to know what's going on. So I told her about the child and she started, she said in a nutshell that this child's spirit uh, was being born to another woman. (laughs) (laughs) And that didn't she say that like she wasn't available to communicate with because of that or something? Yes, to that, effect? that she was. Yes, really Thank busy you, right now. Thank you. Um, she was she wasn't available to communicate because she was getting ready to be born to another hmm. person, and I was so mad. Uh, and angry because I thought, you know what? I am that child's only mother. I yeah. birthed that child. I'm it. I'm that child's mother. And she may not be here physically, but she's here spiritually. Right. And I just, I got angry. And I said, I don't buy that. I'm not a- okay with that. Like, I'm the mom, not somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then hmm. this person, this medium, who I like. Um, I do too. I, like, I like her. She started communicating to me about a similar child trauma that she had had. Meaning she was a mother and she had lost a child. And it was traumatic for her. And at that moment, I felt like it was almost that we were equal, that she wasn't a medium or a psychic that we were on the same page. She was telling me something and I was having to hold her up a little bit instead of the mm-hmm. reverse. It's almost like group, like grief counseling. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so at that point, I didn't want to be rude, but 
I was also thinking, well, this is this more personal for you, right. this particular situation, or is this what you're actually seeing? So I don't think it ended well. I don't remember exactly how it ended, but I remember coming down the stairs and being upset. And then I was having another drink and I wasn't drinking wine at that point because I was getting headaches. <laughs> and I wasn't there because after you came down, I went upstairs, you went upstairs to do my yeah. readings, okay. but I was, I was sitting there. Yeah, you were sitting there. So I had uh-huh. a drink and I was holding it and I was sharing my experience with the others. All of a sudden, my glass exploded. Were you actually holding it or was it on the table? I remember it oh, maybe, being... Uh, maybe it was on the table. I, I would defer I mean, to you. Well, also I was I might upset. be making it fantastical <laughs> in my mind, but like... <laughs> She the bottom was, line is the glass shattered, right? Ashley was like sharing exploded. with us. Exploded. She was sharing with us that she was angry and, you know. Upset. She was hurt. upset what had just gone on upstairs. And she's describing to us, you know, these feelings. And I swear to God, the glass was on the table. And it Monday. just fucking broke. Like it, it like exploded. It, yeah. You know, I guess if it was in your hand, you could have been like, like squeezing it. No, maybe it, it wasn't. But I don't think it was. shatter a glass. Just, I mean, I'm sure you're very strong, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> but I just the way that it broke. I mean, because I saw it was it everywhere. It I think yeah. it was on the table. Everywhere. Yeah, like and in my. We should. Who else was there? Let's ask them. They remember because yeah. I, I. They should be listening to this podcast. They should be. But but you're right. I think I, it, it was, was on the table and it just fucking yeah. shattered. Yeah. yeah. And I think for me again, I I don't want to sell this person down the river. But I think for me, it was it was almost like one plate of the earth going under the other, and it's not supposed to. It's supposed to be the other way. Mm. I felt like this psychic medium was supposed to be telling me something that was going to be comforting. Right. And instead, she's telling me the opposite, and then I'm getting her personal experience with something. And it's like, that's that's not well, the that's way like, it's supposed been trying to, go. to, yeah. to show some kind of authenticity yeah I mean and to empathize and like show you that she knew what like I know what you're going through I think so I honestly think so I I don't think there's maybe to show you that like I'm not being careless with your feelings because I know because one of the things that I will say about her is that like I mentioned earlier that some of the things that she had told me about my relatives (laughs) or whatever when I was there with my sister were not necessarily pleasant but spot on and, you know, she told Michelle about her son that were not necessarily pleasant, but spot on. And then she said the thing to you, Ashley, that mm-hmm. was certainly not pleasant because, again, you're coming from this place of hope and right. wanting that connection. And so it almost makes me feel like if she wasn't legit and she just wanted to make money and get people to come back for more, she would be feeding us hearts and rainbows, right? That's true. And she did say some nice things, too. It wasn't all doom and gloom, but it just seemed like she was willing to be honest. Like, in her mind, it was honest, even if it was not always the easiest thing to hear. But I guess, Ashley, I would be curious to know, like, after that, were you okay? Like, what was the fallout from that? Did the glass shattering freak you out? It did. It did. It freaked the whole room out. Because I was talking about it. Yeah. It was right in the middle of me talking about it. And it was like, it was either my daughter's spirit (laughs) or it was Reese. Could have been one of the women or the two men. Because I asked her (laughs) since she was there. I was like, so tell me, you know, what ghosts live in this house? So she told me about this woman and these two men and how they were connected. And she told me that they like really liked me and the kids. And one of my daughters is 
It's like she's a poltergeist. It's comedy. I mean, <laughs> she has been dark. She sees dead people. She's been dark. One of the things she said to me when she was three is that on Thanksgiving, this was like a month before Thanksgiving, I should know that aliens are going to come to the planet to look for food and that their food is people. And she was three? Yes. Oh. And then she <laughs> used to tell me that. She was a horrible, horrible sleeper. She didn't sleep through the night till she was five and a half. Ugh. And she used to tell me that it was hard for her to sleep at night because at night her sister's head would come off and float <laughs> around the room. <laughs> or she would say that like people were talking to her and she couldn't sleep or whatever. She's always, it's kind of a joke amongst our friends, but she is like kind of morbid and dark and has She's been an that way. And that's what the psychic said. Yeah. She she went over to her bed. She said, you know, she's, I, I can see it. I can feel it strongly. She has the same <clears throat> gifts that I do. And she said, basically, you need to ask these ghosts to leave her alone <laughs> and let her sleep. So you can all get some fucking sleep. So it was like hilarious. I'm like sitting on her bed and I'm like. Please let my daughter sleep so I can sleep. <laughs> but um, you'll try anything so after we, not sleeping for five the, years. Oh Jesus, I know. I'd be oh, like, yeah, let's bring in a ring. A oh my yeah. Lord. But um, she at that time we lived in this little tiny house, and the uh, whole upstairs was a loft, and my kids shared the loft as a bedroom, and so the ceilings were really low in certain parts, especially over by where they slept. The psychic medium was saying people that are empathic, they don't like these like tight, confined spaces and it's bothersome to her. And that's why she doesn't sleep well. And so eventually when we moved out of that house a couple of years later and into a different house where she had kind of like a normal bedroom, she wasn't sleeping in a loft. And within a few months of moving into that house, she started sleeping through the night. It did so. coincide, didn't yeah, it? Oh. It did. Yeah. Interesting. So I don't know. I mean, this could be, you know, us like yeah. some people could say like, oh, well, you're reaching to yeah, assign meaning for a... to those things that right. she yeah. said. But maybe I, I guess, you know, I'm a person who really relies a lot on gut feelings and Mm -hmm. my gut is that she's not just trying to make a buck I mean my sister and I went and saw her after my mom passed away unexpectedly and we went in there thinking like we're gonna communicate with our mom and you know hoping of course for some connection and she basically said to us she has not accepted it was a very unexpected passing she has not accepted that this has happened to her and she isn't really willing to talk because she's not willing to accept that She's here and you're there. And she said to me, I'm sorry that this session is not what you had hoped. And if you would like to come back and try again at a later date, I will not charge you. I will do it for free. Wow. Oh, wow. And I, I haven't done that. She just basically said she's not ready. So I don't have feedback for you, but I'm happy to try again and you don't have to pay later. Mm. So I feel like if somebody is just trying to like mm-hmm. make a buck and... Like in that movie Ghost, remember the movie oh, yeah. Ghost? When they're like, oh, for 20 more dollars, you might get this or yes. whatever. It's a great movie. Um, that's just not been my impression with her. Hmm. So. But but I love it because it's not always what you want to hear. Yeah. And there's some... That's what you li- rely on your friends for too, right? Like, yeah, well, cut well, through the bullshit. Yeah, and I don't get a yes, man. Yeah. yeah. Give me some Which, real shit. You know, we're talking about what these spiritual vehicles do for us and... We latch on to what we want to hear, but when it comes to what we don't want to hear, mm-hmm. what do we do with that? And to me, that may be the point where you need to start listening, yeah. which is, okay, 
I heard something I didn't want to hear, what did I do with it? I well, Honestly, it, it, I, I think about it, but I don't, I mean, it, it must mean that reincarnation exists, right? Mm. It, it's reincarnation. If, if what she said if is true, what she then, said is true. Then yes. And, and then I think, okay, well, I don't know. Well, what she has know. expressed to me before is that your soul, your spirit, mm-hmm. takes on, you know, different forms in different lifetimes, maybe through like reincarnation or whatever, until you learn enough lessons in this world to ascend to a higher world. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, you spend a lot of time in this world over and over and over again in different life forms because you haven't learned enough lessons to ascend. And so if I would talk about somebody that I was close to, you know, she would say, well, you guys have been connected in a prior life. Like maybe not as siblings, but as Mm -hmm. like coworkers or, you know, a married couple or maybe you were a different gender or whatever. Like we've talked about before, Michelle, I love, she always says, get uncomfortable, which mm-hmm. we actually even named a, one of our episodes yes, that. we did. And it's kind of in that same vein of like, I'm not comfortable with what you're saying, but it's provoking mm-hmm. additional thoughts and feelings um, that maybe I wouldn't have been willing to face or consider without somebody right. saying that those kinds of right. things to me. Well, you both... We're just saying, let me back to the whole, if the only thing it provides for you is a chance to reflect and be more introspective, Mm -hmm. that's still valuable. Mm -hmm. And that's where the whole like mental health, Mm self-care component comes in. I think I mean, what the hell's therapy for? That's it. Exactly. They're correlating. Like if you are talking to a psychic or a medium and they are kind of like teasing out different thought patterns or reflection within you through these suggestions or conversations conversations like there's value in that even if you don't believe the bulk of what they're saying the fact that you're then thinking about it or maybe like really helpful you don't necessarily agree with where the message is coming from right but you're still receiving the message processing it and maybe something positive is coming out of it. I still get emails from this woman that we're talking about. I've never gone to her again, but I've not done the, I want to opt out of your email. It I, still means something to yeah, you. Yeah, I, I don't want to give her up enough to say I never want to receive another email yeah. from you. Yeah. I still get her emails. After all this discussion, you know, do we still feel the same way we did at the beginning oh, of the yeah. episode? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I just, I like knowing that she's there. And if that's something that I want to explore, I already know. I'm comfortable with her. I have heard and seen things as a result of her readings, not just with me, but with my friends and other people that are interesting and impactful. And I will probably see her again. What do you think, Ashley? Are you on the same uh, yeah. same place you started at? Yeah, for me, the notion of a, a Western god mm-hmm. is, is not going to happen anytime soon. It hasn't and it won't. But I do think there is a spiritual component to human beings Mm -hmm. and it's part of our brain it's part of what makes us from an evolutionary perspective where we are on the food chain we're not going to get rid of it and part of our evolution is making sense of that i mean i i do i think religion psychics mediums it's all part of us and our brains trying to make sense of this component of our existence that we can't make sense of and our need to put some sort of roadmap on it and we do whatever we can to 
to make it stick. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And whether that's religion, whether that's spirituality, but you're never going to have rock solid evidence of it. And that to me is more justification that, yeah, that makes you a human. Sure. Mm -hmm. If we didn't have the need for some place to put that unknown-esque part of our brain, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be humans. Right. I mean, we we are naturally curious. Yeah. And social. Like, we we want to belong to something. We want to understand the world. We want. And I forgot one more thing that I wanted to say, and I kind of made a joke about it earlier, but people say, like, you know, they just want to take your money or whatever, but if you are part of an organized religion... You know, there is a request, some religion requirement. Yeah, require it to contribute financially to Mm -hmm. that organization. So it's just a different way of spending money to explore some kind of ideology. Yeah. And, you know, you can put it in the collection plate, you can tithe, or you can pay someone a hundred bucks when you walk in the door and talk for an hour. I mean, to me, it's not that offensive. No. I mean, uh-huh. I, I use my therapist that way. And, exactly. And also massage and but, but, possibly Prosecco. But what if people thought <laughs> that that was actually a unifying factor mm-hmm. instead of a diversionary tactic it's or something? Stigma, it's the stigma, right? It's like the Salem witches, yeah. you know, yeah. like let's hang them and burn them because we don't understand, yeah. you know, or... There's some kind of, like, persecution in a lot of religious history. I mean... Well, people are terrified of things they don't understand. Absolutely. And... Right. The fear factor. You know, factor. it's uh, definitely something that is part of your own, like, personal journey that's worth educating yourself on because... Mm-hmm. We all have that kind of freedom. We're fortunate to have the freedom to just make a choice about where we land. Yeah. So, well, I will say that I appreciate having this conversation with the two of you because I have so much love and respect for both of you. Absolutely. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me as a guest. And next time you need help at work, you should just call our friend and see what she can do for you. I will. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Um, I hope that you, you know, drew a bath or, you know, (laughs) we're on a really long walk or something for this one. If you want to help us spread the word, please subscribe and rate us. You know, five stars is my preference, but, you know, be honest if you must. (laughs) Uh, Find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Prosecco Theory. And um, thanks for joining us, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.